0: Welcome back to Chemical FM. This week, we are joined by our Chief Sustainability Officer, Brandon Pellicero. Join with us to discover more about Ecolink's B Corp certification during B Corp month, learning more about how we go beyond. So we're just going to jump right into it and get started. So I would love for you to start with telling us about the origin of Ecolink and how the company got started for people who don't know about us.
1: So, interesting uh, topic of how businesses start. A lot of times we hear um, what they do, but not why they do it. Uh, so, starting with the why, we began in 1991 after a pretty significant uh, event, globally speaking, occurred in 1987. The Montreal Protocol uh, was a multinational, global uh, bringing together of focus on substances that deplete the ozone layer. Uh, in the 80s, they were thinking ahead of what climate change, global warming, languages like that, was starting to be get, uh, get into focus. Uh, the challenge is that nobody had a baseline of how to measure before versus after. And uh, during that time span, uh, the co-founders of Ecolink saw basically the lay of the land of the biggest uh, chemical producers that were well entrenched in these other chemistries that were going away in terms of the bands and um, really kind of rallied around bio-based renewable ingredients. Uh, Today, we know a lot about orange or citrus-based chemistry or or cleaners at at, at home and at work, but uh, back in the late 80s, that was not really the case. Uh, So really, it was just looking at the um, ongoing Focus on re- reducing hazardous uh, and ozone-depleting substances, but also looking at you know what we had more of an abundance of in terms of uh, domestic uh, domestically produced uh, ingredients. So, and then the third part of that really being of uh, just where the market was oversaturated and undersaturated. Um, so it was finding that sweet spot, if you will, where uh, the three things kind of added up to a new uh, new business concept that wasn't out there. And as a reminder, in 1991 and 1997, there was no things such as the Internet uh, and all the things that keep us digitally connected uh, and and aware of what's going on today. So most of this was being done in conferences, trade publications, things of that variety. And if you weren't there or weren't subscribing, you weren't in the know. Uh, It wasn't as public readily available. So there was a lot of, uh, I guess, uphill educating, as we call it to really explain you can't get X anymore and you have to use Y. And here's how you have to do that. So it really became uh, a very different from the beginning, different way of communicating. Uh, It wasn't selling. It wasn't marketing. It was really almost like storytelling. Once upon a time, you could use this. Suddenly this happened. Unfortunately, you can't use it. Fortunately, we're here to save the day. So, that's that's the short version of a 32-year <laughs> how we got here.
0: <laughs> so, would you say that that was like Ecolink's first involvement with sustainability and environmental issues? And how would you say that that has transitioned and evolved over time within those 32 years?
1: Absolutely. So, as we think about uh, kind of taglines and, and how we identify or, or encapsulate a brand or a company in a few words, Ecolink's beginning started, in terms of sustainability, around the concept of clean ideas for industry. We're very clear that we're in industrial cleaning, you know, just in terms of, like, in in cleaning as as a, what do we do? We don't do everything. This is really what we're focused on, but we do it for industry who uses disproportionately a lot more chemicals in their processes. So just like we have oil changes and tune-ups for our vehicles that we drive, we have that same equivalent for very big things that we all depend on, such as jet airplanes and military um, assets, fleets, and so forth. So clean ideas for industry in 1991 today are clean ideas for sustainability. Because what we've seen in our 30 years of being in business in terms of the beginning is that governments are are now focused on this? Municipalities that have their own uh, rail rail system, you know, their trolleys, their their subways, uh, etc. Um, we're just a lot more connected in terms of transportation. You know, there's just more people traveling in cars and and all modes of transportation. So. Our focus now is still centered on cleaning and the ideas you know, in terms of a clean idea is that sometimes uh, you don't need anything. It just becomes more of an education versus uh, uh, product based solution. Sometimes it's just you need the, that information of how you can make it better. Uh, a big part of that today would be more. Uh, emphasis around recycling and repurposing or remanufacturing, as they call it.
0: So would you say, as a certified B Corporation now, um, with all these initiatives, what do you think sets Ecolink apart from other companies who are not B Corps in terms of our commitment to sustainability and social responsibility?
1: Right. I've I've been getting some calls and, and queries as a group, not just me personally, but on behalf of Ecolink speaking today, we've fielded questions that really get kind of uh, stumbled in the jumble, as I call it. We have ESG, environmental sustainability or sustainable, and then governance, and then we have CSR, corporate social responsibility, and and there's there's not a gap. It's just it's unclear how do those two fit together if at all. So to kind of break them down in, in separate you know um, groupings, as we look at you know social responsibility, it's really about uh, people, planet. Um, in a sort, you know, where do we have touch points with the environment and the wildlife that that depends on that? And as we think about our people as a you know people first uh, mission driven company, it starts with having great people who have great benefits, uh, and our great benefits are really to make sure that your social uh, and, and and emotional needs today are are being served and, and your long term as we live in a country that has this concept of Social Security and Medicare, which we anticipate changing over time, just given kind of the state of, of those um, federal government programs, that we really want to make sure that you know, basic needs are met today and that your ongoing future needs uh, will be you know, satisfied disproportionately at most workplaces. Uh, do not have a strong or robust uh, long-term uh, retirement plan, so we really wanted to kind of focus on something that we know is a void in the marketplace for employers and employees, respectively. So we think, um, starting uh, with our uh, temporary help, also known as interns, uh, we were paying fifteen dollars an hour, well before that became uh, more more commonplace, and and we've we've. We get excited as a B Corp of really funding and investing in future leaders that we hope we attract uh, people who do have more of a sustainability focus or at least ethos Uh, on the environmental side. You know, right now as a B Corp, just from a timing perspective, there's a huge uh, opportunity globally speaking around reducing hydrofluorocarbons, HFCs. So not that long ago, the U.S. You know, uh, EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, had completed their phase down and establishing basically an allow uh, an allowance or allocation of these materials for different applications, including cleaning, including refrigeration, including insulation, uh, fire suppression, things like that. And you know, beginning in 2021, they reduced their uh, Footprint, at least you know, stateside, from 100% to 90, and that number at the end of this year, and, and by the end of 2023, will go down to 60%. And that's a huge opportunity for companies who are currently consuming uh, global warming, high global warming potential, and that's basically a um, measurement of how much longer than basically CO2 will something you know last or stay in in the atmosphere. And I was just meeting this week ironically with a company who was notified by their you know, long time supplier that they no longer have an HFC based material and that they're actively looking for alternatives. So as we kind of think where, where things are today and that phase down goes into the year 2037. So there's gonna be a, a very long uh, cycle or season for uh, US manufacturers and multinationals find help with that. And that's that's been a, a great opportunity and challenge for us to to do that. But again, we think as, a, as part of our B Corp, uh, we began this process as a certification in April of 2021 and then kind of had a long time or hiatus until we were formally approved in November of 2022. Uh, however, as part of that April 2021 pledge or or application we were focused as a key performance indicator or a, a KPI to not have any HFC in our uh, in our products of any kind. And going forward, as a as a ongoing uh, B Corp sort uh, certi- of certification recertification, how do we measure you know the HFCs that we have replaced with something that is you know either non or very low? Uh, atmospheric life or, you know, global warming potential.
0: So kind of building off of that, can you speak to any specific challenges or successes that Ecolink as a company has experienced in your efforts to reduce your environmental impact and promote sustainability?
1: The challenges we've had uh, quite a bit, uh, the the most, I think, glaringly obvious uh, as we think about where we are today, you know, um, March 2023, is that the climate volatility has been consistently uh frequent and more consistently uh, damaging you know several earthquakes uh very recently uh the u.s just got blanketed with snow in some places there's a huge storm coming from hawaii towards the west coast of california and that will shut down businesses uh, which includes uh, all the things that go with it uh in many cases so supply chain and 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 logistics have been really hampered in general by um, climate change. A couple of other areas that are just challenging in terms of, you know, doing the right thing is that we have a very we have an aging infrastructure specifically to uh, key manufacturers of the materials that that are needed for um, that are just going out of business uh, or through consolidations. And it just financially doesn't make as much sense economically to support product lines. We had our worst frost in Florida in 90 years in terms of citrus crops and yields. As we think about things like that, as a bio-based, you know, uh, feedstock, we are uh, we, we struggle with that. On the success side, I think you know, in terms of you know lowering our environmental footprint and promoting sustainability, we uh, summer of 2022 became a exclusively virtual company. So as we look at kind of the uh, carbon footprint of just having a building. Whether it's you know fractional or or you know exclusively ours, we've reduced our commuting for our respective uh, um, employees and such. We have you know really embraced kind of the whole remote uh, workplace in terms of uh, virtual. Uh, our our college interns, which we've been working with for over ten years, are now virtual, and that's given us candidly a greater reach of who we could actually physically work with by not being in person. Uh, Having a four-day work week, just from a health and you know safety perspective, and just wellness, uh, self-care has been really positive in terms of the I guess social impact versus the environmental, and obviously just one less day to um, do other things. Uh, several of our employees have really uh, invested into volunteering, and that's become a, a, a bigger part of our you know B Corp uh, initiatives, plural. So as we kind of think about those areas, um, how do we get the word out? That's become more fun. We've done, we've funded several scholarships. Uh, fairly low threshold in terms of workflow, but uh, really kind of gets the message out there between social media. Uh, we're now just now as a B Corp uh, being certified, looking at our where our customers are and our suppliers are, uh, upstream, downstream touch points, and figuring out how close are we physically, literally in terms of geographically. To another B Corp. Uh, how many of our customers, at least on their uh, digital assets website, social media, and so forth, have a pledge towards sustainability and whatever that version is is theirs from a social, environmental governance. You know, how equitable are they from a diversity, equity, and inclusion perspective? So those are some you know fun things to think about in terms of working with co- in some cases companies or uh, government agencies or entities. For over three decades, you know, really having just something besides the product to discuss, really kind of learning more about how they're handling uh, things like carbon counting uh, as kind of a, you know, future goal or plan at Ecolink. We are, you know, aspiring to to become carbon neutral. So as we do still uh, meet, you know, a few times a year in person and have the, you know, footprint carbon footprint that goes with that Planes, trains, and automobiles. How do we offset those in a in a in a in a way that is really um, not just about buying credits, but there's there's a, an additional benefit that we can we can provide. Um, but I think as where we're going forward around sustainability, we've we've seen over our three decades in business that really a lot of these regulatory changes that really you know ma- mandates they begin in Europe. Europe by far is the most um, restrictive. And uh, for for good reason, so they're just high density, high concentration, so any form of air quality, water quality, land, soil quality becomes a very uh, quick problem in terms of the spread or, or, you know, just using COVID times, uh, it becomes viral, as they say. So we've seen over our three years of uh, 30 years, three decades. Of, ha- of where those regulations eventually come to the United States at the federal level and then become adopted at a more maybe restrictive level at the state level. And then we're we're just now getting calls and queries uh, abroad, uh, where the problems we've solved environmentally speaking or sustainably uh, 10 years ago are just now becoming uh, in focus for other parts of the re- other parts of the world. Uh, and and our interest in that is you know working with uh, local people, local uh, partners, yeah, you know, building up partnerships uh, where things aren't exclusively being shipped from the United States to those um, external markets, and um, adopting almost like a Coca-Cola type of you know syrup, um, you know type of type of strategy. So that's that's fun to look forward to. I've been uh, curious for a long time around consulting. How do we get compensated as a group for our expertise without always having to uh, sell a bottle of something or a barrel of something? So, how do we, as a as a as a um, group of knowledge workers, get compensated for our knowledge? Um, and that's going to be fun and interesting to kind of see. And then uh, we host meetings a couple times a year uh, in person, and really strategy meetings, discovery sessions, uh, big thinking, deep thinking, and our most recent uh, offsite retreat was really kind of understanding on an individual level, you know, by employee, what are the non-government organizations that really they value? What are the causes that they care about? And you know, thinking, you know, where do we put our money where our mouth is? So. We have some thoughts around that. That's going to be a continued conversation, but I think, you know, um, aligning kind of our personal values with our, you know, professional values in terms of spending, you know, the majority of our week together uh, doing one thing, it, it should uh, you know, overlap and, and, and dovetail nicely with what, what people already care about. Uh, I think that's a great retention tool in terms of keeping, you know, great, wonderful people, but also kind of a way to attract and acquire new um, brave thinkers. Well,
0: that is great. You already kind of covered my last question, which was kind of like, where are we going next? But um, a final kind of just bounce off right on the spot question for you would be, you know, when we've had discussions in the B Corp community, there's some kind of like eyebrow raises when you, you say that we're a chemical company. So what would you say to people who are kind of, I guess, confused as to how a chemical company can be a B Corp?
1: So it's interesting. Uh, there's over, There are over 6,000 B Corps globally. Um, and, and you'll see certain uh, market segments well represented just because of their environmental footprint. Uh, What's important I think for the audience to understand is that Ecolink is just that, we're a link between problems and solutions. Uh, So as I mentioned, as a virtual company, we don't physically have a plant that physically makes the chemicals. So we have been vetting uh, mostly family-owned businesses, mostly close to uh, critical uh, market areas, geographically speaking, to where we can really reduce the environmental footprint And the cost of getting, you know, material from point of origin to port of consumption. So Ecolink has an active group of 11 partner suppliers and who already had warehousing, who already had uh, staffing, who already had uh, racking and and forklifts and all of that. So what what we believe we've already been successful at in one regard is validating that um, we don't need as many chemical companies. We're kind of the non-chemical chemical company, if that makes sense. We don't have trucks. We don't have forklifts uh, and because other people do. And, and working in that way, just like we do with Airbnb for houses that are vacant, there are chemical uh, warehouses and, and, and whatever you want to call that uh, filling stations, if you will, that aren't at capacity. So for us, you know, you know, we're not trying to be wash or greenwash. We're acknowledging that what we do is uh, very intentional. Uh, we're working with uh, excess capacity. We're not here to, you know, create um, additional carbon. Just using one, uh, and and working again in communities where it's families that have been doing business for two to six decades. Some of our partners that go back over 160 years so that's been kind of intentional for us as we you know get the eyebrow razor but wait you're a chemical company yes we are and here's how we with bio-based products here's how we promoting recycling here's how we with a real firm focus on hfc uh bands and um small packaging right sizing our 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 packaging a lot of the industry will uh, require a large minimum order quantity. We have a very low minimum order quantity. Um, we have a minimum minimum order quantity, if that makes sense. And you just have fewer bottles. A lot of these materials, if they don't get used, have to be disposed. So we're very intentional about uh, what you need. And we we have designed our packaging around that. We're consistent with where we supply things or source things. Uh, specifically just from a quality perspective but also from a sustainability if we stop working with uh, long-time suppliers they might not be around in business you know so this it's it's being very intentional on our sourcing uh, on our on our packaging on our manufacturing on our we've consolidated our shipping you know instead of having 30 different you know long you know less than truckload LTLs we've really paired that down to three to five and that you know we can fill up fewer trucks um, with more stuff. And during the uh, first year of COVID, in terms of 2020, that was huge. Uh, filling an entire truck of just our stuff and getting it across the country saved a lot of carbon and saved a lot of uh, people who were really scrambling at that time for hand sanitizer. So those are some of the ways that that we have. Um, we're not an apologetic B Corp, just like the other B Corps. I don't say, hey, I'm really sorry I'm not 100 percent. We really own that, you know, our score that's online, and we have identified opportunities such as being carbon neutral that we can improve upon that, Uh, being more intentional in our give back, um, whether that's offsets on environmental, offsets on social. um, You know, we have an an awareness, and candidly, in an open book environment, our employees' vote matters. I mean, it counts. Our vendors, uh, when they speak, mostly uh, at the family organizational level, we want to, you know, cons- consistently uh, revisit our value proposition. Uh, but yes, you know, we are a chemical company. We just um, don't have the traditional footprint that most people think of when they think big plants, big smokestacks, lots of noise. Uh, you know, literally, like a lot of, lot of, lot of just audible pollution, just in terms of all that, all that comes in and out of a factory. But all the visuals, right? Um, so yeah. It's it's been it's been a journey already and it's just begun.
0: Tune in next time as we share our platform with more voices of those working to use their business as a force for good. Chemical FM remix, renew and replay your chemical solutions. You can follow EcoLink on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn.